Listen, when I tell y'all, y'all legit waited until I left the Matrix to do... I'm, I'm going to figure out a way to make it post-Matrix. Um, still keep a little bit of the seasoning, spit out the, you know, spit out the bones and, and get the meat. Because, listen, I'm reading this stuff about the... And I'm not even halfway through. Tia T- um, Maori splits with husband of 14 years. Her sister is married to Adam. I don't remember this guy's name. Does not surprise me in one bit, way, shape, or form. Now, this is before all of the, you know, social media. And, you know, I think a lot more women are (coughs) kind of coming together and figuring out patterns that make relationships successful and some of the things that don't work. And one of the things with this guy, I remember even at, at my age, seeing that, I will never forget the story that she was telling about how she, I think she met him at a bus stop or she picked him up from a bus stop. And to be quite honest, I thought it back then, but it's one of those things where it's even more evident now, where it's kind of like, I think that that um, is just always going to be an underlying current. And I think that it just, it took its toll. I, I almost wonder, I in my opinion, I'm surprised they made it. It sounds like they've been married for 22 years, y'all. And um, I just, I think part of some of the other things, I'm, as I'm thinking in hindsight, was kind of like uh, when you see when he's with her in the interviews, towards the beginning, you could tell that like, there's some kind of resentment because she's famous. She's a star. She rescued him. Basically, everything short of picking this man up from a bus stop. And I'm like, mm. y'all, um, who knows if there's cheating or whatnot. But um, at least, you know, somebody said it's the time of, of uh, the splits and whatnot. But I think it kind of makes sense because let's think about it. The time I'm recording this is October so, you know, uh, even within my circles, we're making plans for Christmas parties and, um, you know, uh, Thanksgiving and New Year's already October. And I'm like, can we at least celebrate October and, you know, the autumn? But no. And so, you know, this is around that time that you would start to art, send your RSVPs, book your reservations, start taking, you know, getting your photographer for those PJ st- uh, PJ stuff. I know uh, that that's something they like to do. Those PJ um, pictures that you get or um, uh, <laughs> uh, that you post up and uh, even the family photos that you start to get ready for to send out for Thanksgiving, Christmas, like I said. So I think it's just in keeping um, with with what's going on. I heard also, what's the other guy? What was his name? She just said it at the beginning. One of the football guys. Was it Brett? Or Brett is in the news for... for Is it like embezzling? But for fraud... And I don't want to go back to the beginning of the thing. Um, But yeah. And so, you know... Uh, what can you do? I'm either neither here nor there. Um, I don't remember what age the kids are. But, you know, at least they're not going through back and forth moving type of a thing. You just go your separate ways. Some people are saying here, you know, that he's good father. 
I, to me, if I want to be a little bit kind of pull the holier than thou card, I don't think that those things are can be mutually exclusive. Because, but but then again, at the same time, I you know that's almost like saying they should stay together for the sake of he, him being a quote unquote good father, you know. And how how would you be a good father if you don't, you know, can't be there for the mother? But you know, I I, I, I can step down from the holier than thou throne type of a thing. So, but that and then. This is the funny thing, like between yesterday and today, y'all, it's just all the news coming out. Um, I will deal with it. I think the in a post matrix kind of way, I would say here's here's what the takeaway is that's important, right? Because if a lot of us are unplugging for the matrix, right? The matrix is a certain way of doing things. It's a certain way um, that we've been taught and conditioned. So if you're going to unplug from the matrix, it's going to be things like, oh, I know what it was that I wanted to talk about. Um, and, and with that being said, I do want to talk about, you know, there was this, this woman in the art industry that in the fashion industry, I have to lay down a little bit cause I do have a little bit of a tummy ache here, but, um, and she, in just so many words came to Kanye's defense. I don't know that she necessarily went out of her way to wear her cape. I think from the things that I've I've read and seen, she was just doing her job. And um, I think she did a, a really excellent job. But to the certain degree that, you know, um, Kanye said, white lives matter, he meant that. You know, when people tell you who they are, believe them. And he said that with his whole entire chest. He's been been feeling that way. He's been been showing you. He's been been demonstrating you don't like black people. I remember I said this in a, in a previous podcast. I'm like, I don't think Kanye even likes black people. But um, it's just one of those things. And I, I almost might do a separate podcast if I don't go into depth in it here. But sometimes I think of um, the best way I can explain what happens is that it's almost like a bizarro world where what's happening on that surface, there are lessons beneath that are for the collective. And um. Sometimes they go over our head, and I think I had kind of talked a little bit about that when it was uh, the situation with Beyonce and Khalees. You know, it's like that comes to the forefront, but what's the message in terms of sisterhood and how we communicate with each other and how we pay each other or, you know, that type of thing. And so here it is, you know, this is this is the symbology of, you know, the proverbial black woman always coming to the defense of black men who don't like them they go out of their way to show you that they don't like you and i think even post matrix i think the healthy message is you know one i think and, and so you know what these two things are symbiotic right they go hand in hand they definitely have a correlation tia went, went to try to save this guy i think women black women in general like to go and save you know Men, And I think that if you're even planning to date out, you know, this is a great time for you to course correct. I think that one of the conversations as we're unplugging from the matrix, you know, is that are we going to take these same behaviors into other areas? Are we going to go from trying to rescue Pookie and Ray Ray to now we're trying to save Brad and Keith and, you know, and Tom? It's like, no, don't do that. 
If you really want to unplug from the matrix, the way that we've been programmed, you know, the lower vibrational way of, of trying to just say men, period, unplug from the matrix, unplug from the programming, you know, and truly step into your femininity and you know the type of caliber of man that you want is not going to need to be rescued and or saved and i think that we're even at a crossing point because another thing that came out too was this whole jordan peterson guy crying um and it was interesting to watch you know some of the comments surrounding the guy uh it it from what it sounds like y'all it sounds like he he does get into these uh crying spells sometimes um <clears throat> and so it, it's a very delicate subject but i think that you know i don't necessarily agree with him and here is why because or i don't agree with 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 you know the backlash of him being emotional in the sense that I think men are emotional, I think some of the the most uh some of the the moments I did cherish with any of my exes I think was that moment in time where there's that little vulnerability and it wasn't weak right so i don't I think that where the wires are getting crossed and it's unhealthy is um in my opinion, it felt like he was coddling right. And his whole thing was kind of like, oh, the poor poo 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 poo. Like, there's no hope. They're victims, right? Which is the whole entire thing that we're trying to escape on my end in the black community. It's like we're moving away from being the victim and always being oppressed and always just feeling so sorry for ourselves that we can't even, you know, pick ourselves back up, brush ourselves off, and try again and try to be better and try to be a better version of ourselves and and try to evolve right and so it's one of those things that, that um i i think that there's there's uh you have to understand that everything has you know two planes right or two different ends of the spectrum i think that there's healthy expression of of uh emotions there's unhealthy expression of uh emotions and i think that that um he was more on the side of unhealthy emotions in the sense that it's okay to cry or be vulnerable or to to feel emotional but i think that the underlying message behind it is just um it's not going to help men get to where they need to and and the tragedy is that it's coming from a man that i think from both sides, right? Everybody's looking up to the white man, right? Type of a thing, like to be zaddy, right? For him to set the standard and the morals and the codes and, and how to be a man type of a thing. Unfortunately, right? Come at me, bruh. What a, you know, we can flush out some of the, fine tune some of the language. But if, 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 you know, and I, I do not remember, was it Hafiz? I think it was Hafiz was um I remember him talking to to Jordan Peterson and you could tell it's kind of like a little puppy just soaking everything in that Jordan Peterson was saying and um kind of again just that imagery of of representing the collective of like oh whatever he says is gold type of thing and so he is held in that esteem and he is an influencer right um but uh, what I would say to make this a healthy 
post matrix messages, let's pay attention to, you know, the messages that, you know, women have, and I think men have. And um, how do you, how do each of us, you know, I think, you know what, this is going to be really cool. I think that especially for women who tap into the twin flame aspect of things, even if it's just for a little bit, um, and or even like the divine feminine, there's that feeling that you have to rescue someone, that you have to sacrifice, that you're the savior, that only your love, your essence can rescue this person. And that's the furthest thing from the truth, right? Each person has to kind of put in their work and their inner work and it has to be how do you call it like self uh they have to have autonomy to want to be the best version of themselves right so um you can see how it pans out in these relationships right like when we're talking about with the Tia Tamara thing you can see it again with what's happening with the um um with with Kanye and you know the proverbial black woman coming in to kind of of use her cape to protect him right and and what was interesting with with that for me was also the world is watching right i think that we used to kind of live in the shadows thinking like oh we can have all this dirt in the black community and you know, it's stuff we kind of whisper with each other in, in the hallways or, you know, in, in dining halls or places. And but nobody really sees our dirt. Nobody sees our, our MO and our pathology and how we treat each other. But, you know, and it, and, and it is what it is. I don't necessarily, again, feel like I, I have to uh, let me let me kind of correct it because I, I like the idea of being protected. Right. I like the idea that in other communities, women are protected. I love to see it, right? And um, so here you have people speaking out, like even t- coming out to her defense. And I think that, <clears throat> you know, it, it was just, I think what made me, uh, one thing that stuck out to me is they said, you know, if anybody could save you, it would be her, Right. And I and another thing that they said was um, she, it was something about her being the most educated in her response. And, and one of the things that that phrases that I picked up was actually from from Tisa, because I was getting ready. I was putting on my bikini and my my bottoms and getting ready to run. So I was like running a little bit late, but I had her running in the background. And I had to like come run back in the room and replace some of the stuff. But one of the things she said about what Kanye did was it was it was un uh it was intellectually lazy right and so here it is all of the the conversations about you know how women are among the most educated demographic and some people feel some certain kind of ways i think that in the long run it's going to translate into transference of that knowledge and self-sufficiency i think it's going to do uh, great for the generation that's coming behind us um i think that part of the the um it's it's like a undertow part of the undertow 
of of black women being among the most educated demographic is and I've talked about this in another podcast before in in depth but it has to do with um you know right up there with not being protected class so your mom was probably a single mom and didn't have a house you know the real estate and or means to put you through college and your father wasn't there to help put you through college or had the real estate or or capital to put you through college so you have to go through this upward spiral and I think that also with with that and that type of um how do you call it like lifestyle it's not a lifestyle per se but with with that the demographic that you know values education and has that the you know real estate to kind of invest in those type of things and prolong and have a legacy and name and that type of thing um with that it comes with um understanding how to manage money right understanding how to finance and budgeting and from an early age those types of cultures they start to teach their kids, you know, how to have the lemonade stand and how to budget and how to have their little like cash envelopes and saving apps. I, and I can say this because, again, keep in mind, I grew up on white people, private school type of stuff, too. And from early ages, I remember from even when I was in high school, 14, they were already having financial camps for kids. And... um and even me being an in insurance, um, a lot of the kids that were there, I want to say from school age, from seven, eight years old, they understood finance. Now, that being said, their parents had one, both of the kids. Um, so she had one of them. She had started growing their account from when they were babies. Um, her husband had passed away, but the they both at the time, I you know, had met them. I had like a hundred thousand in their account. And so if you wanted to talk, find out about money, financing, um, they were reading books. And I actually took a screenshot of the book and I cannot find it. I did not remember the book. What happened was I um, I know it's in my phone somewhere and I've been looking for it um, in my camera roll. And I will eventually have to I will eventually come across it. And, and I'm learning to become more photogenic because what happened is I said, oh, I'm going to take a picture of it because I knew it was important. But I didn't, if I had just read the, the title, I would have captured what it was. But I just took a picture real quick because I didn't want to stay in their business. But this is one of those books that I don't even think they sell them online. It's only the elite read those books. It's t- it's like a secret society stuff, right? So even when you talk about um, rich people don't tell all their secrets. That's, I'm not rich yet, but I, I can understand and see it. And I'm learning that I probably need to just kind of, you know, start to, to walk and talk like they do. But um, what I feel like to say, you know, sometimes people don't necessarily take too kindly to, you know, that stat that black women are the most educated because it has trouble converting to, you know, wealth and um, so, but if you're behind, you know, behind the curve from other communities where they have a father, a two parent home, or, um, you know, a mom that has more income and, and, or the ability to leverage her home to pay for the tuition, it also spills over into other things like how you're taught about financial literacy, budgeting, saving, 
right? And so those are some of the hits that we're taking, but also at the same time, I I think it's going to definitely pay off in gold because I've I've even mentioned this before too. My parents are both educated and um, you can see how it translates between my cousins and and our family for the most part, right? Because it's interesting dynamic too, because I have three younger brothers and I, I say this a lot, but to a certain degree, I think that at a certain age, you, you kind of do choose if you're just going to be deviant and just run amok, you know, even in a two parent home and just like, you know, I really do because I've kind of lived it. You could have everything going for you and you just decided at an early age, oh, I just want to be, you know, a non-productive citizen, you know? And so, um, and then I, and I'm probably even saying that harshly too, I think, because to a certain degree, I'm not saying like, all like my siblings are like that. Not all at all. (laughs) Um, but I'm, I'm kind of using it as a generalization, you know, I, I've noticed from a young age, some people just decided they just, they'd give up on themselves and they're just not about that life. And, and it starts to show up, but um, post matrix, I would say, yeah, y'all. I think the the message of the day is, especially for women, stop trying to save these. Hoes. You know, if you're gonna wear the cape, wear the cape for yourself. Um, I think I was talking about the Kanye thing with the woman, and yeah, it's just. Tell me that's not a reflection of what's happening in real life with the collective of black women. You, you know, he's the prototype of the of the man who doesn't want to date you, you know, goes out of his way to date any and everything that doesn't look like you, has children with someone that doesn't look like you, um, marries someone who doesn't look like you. And, you know, but and another kind of pet peeve that I have with him, too, is he will use the black card. And and that's why I think I'm becoming more adamant about when we're allowed to use the black card, because it's for the most deviant stuff. And I think people really do um, take advantage of it. So it's like one minute his kids are black and they're being discriminated against. And then the next minute it's all white lives matter. Right. Um, and, and it's like, can you imagine how confusing that has to be for his kids? Um, but I think, um, another thing too, like people haven't really talked about this, but Kanye, he will never have to work again. Neither will his kids. I mean, short of him getting sued for, for everything or for filth. That's why he has an I don't care attitude, because at this point, everything is a game to him. So it's just kind of like he's still he knows he's still going to have supporters. He knows he's still going to have income. It might not be as much, but he's already made his billion, y'all um, type of a thing. And and so th- that's my thoughts on that. But truly, his kids will never, ever have to work again. And at this point, he just likes to live life on the edge um so i mean you can try to cancel him if you want to but at the end of the day people still gonna buy his stuff people still gonna you know um sift through those trash bags and wear the yeezys and and like i said i think that you know it was one of those things where he knew full well that he was with the porn star y'all like let's not forget that he 
sought out this porn star. And um, at that point, she had been passed around so many times that it's not even funny. It's not funny. And, um, you know, I was, I, I don't remember what it was. I came across something with, uh, where the game, the game was talking about he was quote unquote dating her at one point in time. And he, he got in there before Reggie Bush and they actually had a, a video of 11 guys, 11 of her exes, um, not sure if it included Chris Humphreys, but it definitely included the game Reggie Bush. Uh, I do not remember the name of her first husband. Um, but anyways, and, and, you know, so I mean, it's it's a process, y'all. I'm still learning how to kind of dematrix size, dematrix myself. Um, and still unplug it, but I'm, I'm learning how to clean up the message and or kind of identify what's high, uh, high by high vibrational and also recognizing what unplugging from the matrix looks like. And here's one more thing I wanted to close out with. Um, uh, understand age of Aquarius is about veracity, right? Veracity is about the truth. And, um, so when you're seeing things crumble and falling all around you, it's like the false stuff is falling away. You know, and it's even things like someone like Kim who has been, you know, her and her family kind of coming across as being these billionaires. Whatever is fake is falling apart for them. There was another family. If I think about it, I'll put it in the description. But it is just evident you're starting to see in things around you, whatever was fake, whatever was not built on, you know, um, a solid or pure, um, made with pure substance is like burning away, you know, and it can be a little bit scary. I know even in the stock market, it feels like we're, we haven't crashed all the way that we need to, but all of those things that, that, um, you know, those, those bad dynasties or bad ways of doing things are falling away and it's resetting, right? But we are supposed to be part of that reset. We're supposed to be uh, unplugging from the matrix. And it's one of those things like you have to decide, you know, if if the building is burning (laughs) at some point, if you've tried to rescue everyone else, at what point do you get out? You know, same thing with with the ship, you know? If that ship is sinking, leap, change, jump ship. And I think even for me, when I was, uh, these, these conversations are so therapeutic. I would recommend even if you record like your journal, that's why journaling I think is so important. So, but when I was talking on on one of my podcasts and I was explaining how I felt, like I was just one of those last people just trying to get out as many people. And then it was like, wait a minute, you're sacrificing yourself. You've, you have the content out there. You've dealt with the stuff that's in the matrix. And if you stay in this energy too much longer, you know, in all of the text toxicity of it, you're, you're, you might not make it out, you know, un, um, as unscathed, right? So I have some bumps and bruises, some little stitches here and there. Might have gotten my eyebrows singed off a little bit, a little bit of heartbreak, you know, some of that good stuff, a little bit of depression. But, um, 
But I, you know, uh, at some point we have to decide to unplug from the matrix and I think upgrade to the next version, right? And upload to, to a better 2.0 version of ourselves, right? Otherwise we will just perish in that negativity, so just inviting you to unplug from that. I have to figure out what I'm going to label this, but I'm pretty sure it's going to maybe talk about how the divine feminine is unplugging from the matrix of having to save masculines. And I was going to say this too. It's kind of funny, but uh, in the last two minutes, I think for my divine masculines who've made it up until this point, I get it. It's a tough conversation. Matter of fact, uh, a woman that I met today, she was 75 years old today, and we were just sitting there just talking to each other. It was one of the, the, the weirdest things. The whole world is going on around us. And for that moment in time, we connected. Older white woman, you would have never thought, right? And, you know, she it ended up coming up that she has two sons, and she's like two Harrys. And so, you know... She kept saying little things here and there, but at one point she said, I do not like children. And she said, you know, those boys were so difficult. And, you know, I, I tried to encourage her and I said, well, you know, at least you've done the best you can. But it it, it helped me to have a sensitivity that um, I think for moms that it's difficult to raise boys. I saw my mom go through it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and the end results of it to a certain degree. And, um, but I think for boys, I think that are for men, um, as much as it sucks, right? And it goes for women too. No one's going to rescue you. No one's going to save you. I'm not the original person to say this. People like, uh, Steve Siebold from this, from how rich people think, um, I think Napoleon Hill has said it. Other greats like uh, uh, Dr. Wallace Waddles, The Science of Getting Rich, right? Um, they all, I think Florence Shin talks about it. Evie Ingram talks about it, right? These are all authors surrounding prosperity gospel. You start to understand that no one's going to save you. And the sooner you can figure that out, the sooner you can start to work on yourself. And last but not least, for both my men and my women, understand that you are so unique that no one can teach you how to do you, right? No one can teach you how to communicate the way you do. No one is going to see things through the lens, eye lens that you do, right? And the things that you've gone through shape and mold who you are. And... Your job is to be the best version of yourself, right? So it's easy to kind of feel like, you know, someone's supposed to save us or a program is supposed to help us or if I had a mother or if I had a father. At the end of the day, you have to figure out, you know, how to be the best version of yourself. And like I said, especially for the men, you know, this is not the time to get caught up in the, you know, boohooing and crying with Jordan Peterson. J- Jordan Peterson is going to be fine. He is married children and living his whole entire best life, right? At the end of the day. So you have to figure out for yourself, am I going to just continue to be a victim or am I, am I going to push through and figure out what I need to do, the inner work I need to do, be the best version of myself for myself, 
and then figure out how to be a, 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 a good spouse and a good father and push through it. And, and heck, leave the rest of us in the dust if you need to, if you have to. Right. But um, that's it. And that's all. I'm kind of tired of talking. <laughs> uh, I had a really good workout and long day. Woke up early and um, ready to call it a day. So but with that being said, until the next podcast, be blessed. Bye. Wait, 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 y'all. Just catching up just a little teeny tiny bit and tying up some loose ends. So for the Tia, Mari, and the guy, Corey Hardick, y'all, is he working? Because um, I had kind of heard somebody say that he was blindsided by Tia filing for support. Y'all, I always, I don't know, lately I've been having the imagery of just men at home on the couch eating Cheetos on my couches. And I feel like, I, you know what, let me go ahead and check how old these kids are. Because let me tell you what had happened was, I think that this was all good in games when she needed a man. It's all good in games when, you know, um, the kids were... Um, you know, school age. And so it's, it's nice to have somebody at home with the kids type of a thing. So it looks like it's of May 21st. One child is three and the other is 10. So if that was in May, then that means that the daughter is four and, um, Taylor Crete is nine. And I'm thinking for like one of my God kids, he just started, uh, pre-K yesterday. And so that's around that age. Let me see. You can start pre-K. Hold on. So if 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 you have them, um, yeah, three to four years old. Yeah. So what had happened was it's nice for you to have, you know, the dad at home type of thing. Here's here's what's going to be the problem. If he kind of figured, you know, that this is a come up for him, he started to get I- I'm just guessing he started to get really comfortable he started to get really comfortable you know you go from getting rescued off of a bus stop to living a celebrity lifestyle you know get to live in all the comfort and everything that comes with that yeah so right here it says ages four and eleven this kid then started pre-k so now you ain't really gotta worry about somebody staying at home with the kids and um the part about not having prenup is if he didn't have a job and he just visualized himself being a stay-at-home dad, he is up a creek, okay? Let me tell you. And like I said, somebody has said that he was blindsided. Listen. And, and you know, I talk a, a lot about from like a woman's perspective. I don't think it's healthy um, have I ever gone to the extent I haven't, but who's, who's to tell? Not saying I probably wouldn't have, right? And so some people have, but I think that it just starts to get old and I think it starts to get to a point where, you know, it's just good until it's not. And I don't want to keep this too much longer because I've already did most of my commentary but yeah, he, he, this is, this is, and it's funny because I usually talk to the women and I say, you should be always self-sufficient, always have something in your back pocket. Um, low key is kind of like a little bit messed up because they have the no, um, 
no prenup and neither are paying alimony. Whoo, child. And, and listen, so this lets me know that he didn't, he didn't put his ducks in a row in the sense of if somebody's telling you, you know, no, neither party pays alimony and you were a non-working factor. And he, like I said, I think that he really thought that things were going smoothly and he figured if he just kind of lays below the radar and to, and be a stay at home dad, it was going to cut, it was going to cut it. Um, man, y'all. And Huh. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I I don't know if he had recently. Let me see what he does. Corey Hardict. Because the difference between him and Ime is that Ime have some money squirreled away. He, he probably could just live like an average everyday person. Experience a cutback on the. Uh, Wait, he was a he has appeared in film and television since the late 1990s. He's an American actor. What is his net worth? Cuz y'all he about to be on somebody's couch. He's got his own box. Find out Corey Corey. Oh, there we go. 3 hours ago. Corey got himself a publicist, y'all. I'm not even mad. He's got his own bucks. Find out Corey Hardick's net worth admits he got a publicist, y'all. It says he is the founder of a production company. In January ni- on January 19, 2022, Deadline announced that Hardick was set to produce his first film, Coleman, under his hardcore films production company. Um... It says here that his net worth is three million, so he'll be okay. He'll be okay. He has his first um, film coming out, y'all. And y'all are gonna hate me for this, but let me see what what is Adam Adam and Maury? What is it, Tamara? Tamara, what does he do? Because this is giving, I think um, Tamara's husband is also in production. He's a former professional baseball player and currently winery owner. He joined Fox News Channel in 2001. He's a senior news correspondent. And they also have two children, Adam Housley. Because I was saying maybe this is giving, you know, he's trying to, do something similar to Tamara's husband. But um and and let me just double check one more thing too. Was he an actor? Cuz it, it said here, yeah. So it says here, Corey Hardick is an American actor whose net worth is 3 million. Um hmm. 3 million is not bad, y'all. Um I just think, you know, life like cost of living and, and the lifestyle you're used to is going to feel a hit. 
Now, who knows if he's going to have to pay child support? Let me just look it up real quick. And I almost wonder if he um, got these acting experiences because of his wife. I'm not 100% sure. So it says, mm -mm -mm -mm, began in 1998. I don't know if that's pre or post. Um, <laughs> Isn't that worth blah, blah, blah. Now, coincidentally, in this write-up about him, there's no... There's no mention of his wife or his children. Yeah, even though it's titled, you know, Wiki, Biography, Married, Family Measurements, Height, Salary. Yeah, there's no mention of his family, um, like his wife or his kids. I'm going to check one more thing and then I'm going to leave you all alone. So Tia Mori, net worth. Hmm. Who is Richard T or Tamara? Both T and Tamara have an estimated net worth of $4 million. Get out of here, y'all. That's pretty low. Making them pretty much equal in all aspects of life. Wait, wait, wait. So remember, I'm wanting to keep track of Tia. So Tamara is set at four. And... Let me just, y'all, is she hiding her net worth? Yeah, so she's at $4 million and he's at $3 million. Hmm. Surprisingly pretty close. You would think she would be a little bit further along, right? And respectfully, respectfully, um... You would think that Tamara would even have a higher net worth because I would think her husband, what is his net worth? Um, when you're in those circles, like with Fox News and football and the other stuff he was and the wine country type of thing or in a winery, I'm pretty sure. But this is the thing. I'm, I'm going to close out with this. Um, like I, one of the fun phrases I've been having lately is. Rich people don't tell all their secrets, but I'm I'm going to give you some insight. I'm gonna, listen, when I tell you, <laughs> I'm going to be I'm going to be rich rich next year. Leave me alone. Okay? Um some way somehow. But but uh one of the things I heard, uh, you know, and you'll kind of know that you've elevated yourself when you start hanging around people that talk about um you own everything. What is it? You you own nothing and control everything. And um, I'm going to let that marinate, right? Rich people own nothing and control everything. Look into it, tap into it. And it's even things like I remember I was listening to, uh, what is this guy's name? He was doing like a backpacks and coding thing. Um, I think it's a bus life. Kwame, I don't remember his name, but he he was getting into some battles and stuff. But I remember he came on my radar because he was doing a free backpack giveaway, giving haircuts for the kids and coding. Thought that was nice, but I don't necessarily agree with 99% of the stuff that he... But one of the things is he said, I don't own anything. 
He's like, I don't even own dirt. And he's like, and if you know, you know. And I just had to start laughing because I think it went right over some people's head. But with that being said, y'all, when I tell you, I don't, y'all decided to really legit act a fool in the Matrix. And y'all know I, I really, I be watching stuff and I'm like, I want to go in so bad. Um, you have the Kendra stuff going on, the B. Simone stuff going on, the Danny Lee stuff going on. Kendra uploaded one more guy on her, um, on her stuff that, you know, just talking janky. Um, what, what's another one? Uh, but yeah, y'all, y'all, <laughs> I'm determined to stay unplugged. I think that, um, if I'm going to document one part of the process of unplugging from the matrix is um, I am tapping in to see how how easy or or what the pull, you know, there's that temptation to get pulled back in. And I'm glad because I think this is like my third attempt since I've been with y'all, at least in this year. And I think before it's kind of like, I know I want to unplug from the matrix and I just somehow get sucked in. But this time I'm really committed and kind of, you know, kind of just still dabble or kind of have my finger out type of a thing. But, but I'm really committed and I'm really paying attention to, like, like I said, I see the stuff coming up and I'm like, (laughs) I have pressed record, but I have not uploaded. So at least, but, but, Ooh, y'all, mm-mm, y'all just decided, Music with Divine Feminine has unplugged from Matrix, let's go buck wild and see if we can just drag her back in, but I'm not falling for it, not as of October 4th, I'm gonna live to see another day, until the next podcast, bye y'all!